Hey guys, welcome to Thriving Podcast. Thought I'd talk today about food, or uh, we'll begin to talk about food, because that was where I began with all of this, uh, was in changing my diet. Way back in, I think it was 2014, um, yeah. So I was 52, living in Tasmania, um, and yeah, on the surface, I was pretty normal, like everybody else. But I knew things were not good. Things were not good in the sense of my health, my body, my state of well-being. I was accepting it because I didn't know what else to do. And because the paradigm, the culture, the, the people I knew, everything around me was telling me that, oh, well, that's just how it is. That's how life is. Um, what were the things I was dealing with? Well, for a start, I'd been on antidepressants for approximately nine years at that point. Um, and I originally went onto them because after I broke up with my son's dad, when he was about three, I realized that I was actually pretty depressed and had already been so for some time. But I was just in denial and plus the relationship was very stressful. So it kind of distracted me from thinking about it. But it became clear that not only am I clinically depressed, but I have been that way for at least a while, at least, I don't know, a year or two. Or, and, I, and I remembered there'd been episodes in the past where clearly looking back, I was depressed and I just didn't want to admit it because it seemed like, oh, well, that's one of those things you have forever. I don't want to know about that. I'll just pretend it's not happening. So anyway, I went on that. Um, I didn't want to stay depressed, obviously, because it's not very pleasant, but also because I had a young child and I'd read all the stuff that says if you're depressed and you have a young child, it's highly likely or much increased likelihood that your child will have a mental health problem uh, and will do less well in life. And I just did not want to be... Um, creating that situation when I could have done something about it. So I went to the doctor, I got put on antidepressants, I had a terrible reaction to them, I got put on a different antidepressant, I got sent to a psychiatrist, I did cognitive behaviour therapy, um, I had counselling with multiple different people, I also, uh, different practitioners, mostly talking therapies, breathing therapies, that type of thing. Um, I got better eventually. It took a while to find the right drug that worked for me. But when I did, I, it was great. I mean, it totally changed everything. I was now not feeling depressed. I was feeling fine. I was feeling normal. And so I thought, okay, I'll just stay on these pills. And um, for a while, I just accepted that I was going to have to be on them long term. But after a while, I began to feel like, well, you know, I don't really want to be on pills forever. Um, so I would try periodically to come off them. And I always got depressed again, almost immediately. Sometimes I would last 10 days. That was the longest. Sometimes I would only last a week, sometimes even less than that. And more or less every six months, I tried to do this just for a few days. I, I didn't start experimenting with that until I'd already been on them for five or six years. Um, and one of the reasons I did want to come off them, other than I just didn't want to be on drugs forever, was because twice the antidepressant that had been working fantastically suddenly just stopped working and I got all depressed again while I was still on it. 
Now, for anyone who's been depressed, um, if you haven't been depressed and you hear someone say that, it sounds like, well, you know, just cheer yourself up, just go for a run, just pull your socks up, just change how you look at life. But it's, it's really not that simple. The fundamental feeling you have when you're depressed is that you are worth nothing, that there is no point in you doing things to help yourself because you despise yourself so much that why would you do anything to help yourself? So it's a bit of a mind trap in that way. And plus you lose your motivation, you have inertia, you don't take pleasure or joy in anything, you don't believe anything will work. You just, I mean, it's a ridiculous, it's, it's a state of delusion really, but, um, you know, that's how you feel. So it's... Um, it depends on the severity it depends on the person but it that was how I was and um, so anyway the medications would no longer work and that really scared me I'd go to I went to the doctor and she swapped me to another medication and that immediately helped me so I was fine and about two or three years later the same thing happened and so and she swapped me and I was fine but it worried me because I was only in my 50s. I had a lot of life left in me. If I have to swap pills every couple of years, am I going to run out of pills and then I'm going to get to a point where nothing works and, and then what? So that I was very uneasy about that. So that was one thing. This is going back to me, 52 in Tasmania, been on antidepressants. In addition to being on antidepressants, I would have this incredible fatigue every afternoon without fail if I wasn't physically at work and therefore active and needing to use my brain it would be almost impossible for me to not have a nap and lie down um, that was just constantly fatigued as particularly at that time of day but at other times of day as well um, my muscles felt weak so I would go for a walk but my legs would feel so heavy and walking would be as if I had these weights on my legs and it would be exhausting and I'd be breathless after hardly any exertion at all. Um, I had a lot of joint pain. I, I couldn't sleep well at all because I would toss and turn at, at night in bed um, with you know, if I lay on one side, I'd have a pain here. If I turned over and lay on the other side, I'd have a pain somewhere else. And then I'd get up in the morning and I'd be, for half an hour, my body was really stiff and I couldn't uncurl myself from this weird stiffened position or, or walk properly. It would take me at least half an hour to kind of get going and, and, and move um, properly. Um, those were the main... Things. I mean, there's a whole heap of other symptoms. I won't go on and on about it. So I was doing a lot of research online and um, reading about different things. And I tried um, the fed up diet, it's called, and then it's got another name where you avoid salicylates, amines and glutamates. And I stuck with it very strictly, but then I kind of fell off the strictness a bit when I was reintroducing the food so I never really got the full answer to whether I was sensitive to those foods but that experience was very valuable because it introduced me to the idea of changing your diet in order to change your health which I hadn't really like I knew about it but I hadn't really taken it on board I just thought oh yeah yeah whatever um, and never really done anything concrete so that was a really valuable experience my diet was a standard Australian diet. I had um, 
breakfast cereal, which would be the, the more healthy, high-fibre ones. I didn't have Cocoa Pops and Fruit Loops. I'd have, um, I can't even remember what they're called, mixed-up muesli-ish type ones um, with milk. And then I'd have a normal cooked lunch um, and a normal cooked dinner. And I did have um, a KFC or a McDonald's about once a week. And I did have um, some biscuits and cakes as snacks and milkshakes and pies and things like that. But on the whole, the, well, that was pretty average. I certainly wasn't like a junk food junkie. It was pretty much according to the food pyramid, which does allow for indulgences. Um, and I wasn't going crazy. That was my diet. It wasn't fantastic. There was certainly pasta and pizza in there. Um, so uh, after that fed up diet experiment someone sent me a link to um, it's Dave Asprey's diet the bulletproof and it was I think it was just called the bulletproof diet so I read that and being a doctor I looked at it and immediately rejected everything it was <laughs> suggesting because it involved eating more saturated fat which I had always been told was evil and which all the dietitians say is evil and which all the doctors say is evil and the statin um, reps who would come and visit me would say it was evil. So I just looked at it and went, no, that, that's, that's a bad diet, that's unhealthy. And I'd done um, various nutrition courses as well because I was interested. And so it was clearly terrible and I would never do such a diet. But for some reason, I couldn't forget about it. It was in the back of my mind. And even though I told myself I dismissed it, I obviously hadn't really. So eventually I went back to researching it and looking into the principles behind the diet. And I came across other bloggers and other people that write about similar principles. And I particularly enjoyed reading Chris Cress's blog um, because everything he wrote was so sensible and calm was not filled with hyperbole, explained the mechanisms as to why these foods, certain foods weren't great and other foods were, and was always backed up by a lot of research and evidence. And I felt a lot more safe reading his blog than any of the other blogs. I just felt that, that it was more, seemed rational, normal. He wasn't just saying, eat this and you'll live forever without backing it up. He was being very moderate and very balanced. So I read him and read him and listened to his podcasts. It took me at least six months of reading stuff before I was ready to do it. And then I, I did it. Like, I mean, I've got ready both in the sense of being convinced that it was the right thing to do, but also in the sense of, right, how am I going to do this? First, I've got to get rid of all these breakfast cereals that are in my pantry. Then I've got to think of what am I going to take to lunch if I can't take a sandwich? What am I going to do on the nights that I want pasta? So there was a bit of pre-planning to it, um, but I did it. So all it consisted of was no gluten of any description, no vegetable oils, um, so that meant eating out became a problem. Eating in was fine, chips are fine, cooked in coconut oil and animal fats, but if you eat chips out, they're going to be cooked in cottonseed oil or soybean oil or one of those other ones. Um, no soy, 
products other than fermented soy so soy sauce if it is fermented it would be fine and limited sugar so sugar less than 20 grams per day which is four teaspoons those were the things you took out um, the things that you added in that I wasn't currently eating or at the time were fermented foods so sauerkraut and kefir um, bone broth which was a big learning curve in how to make it even though it's very simple I think it was more that I wasn't used to it and I thought it was disgusting and gross at first but I got used to it um, and organ meats uh, in particular liver because of their nutrient density so the general premise is very simple take out the foods that are toxic and inflammatory and add in the foods that are very high in nutrients packed with nutrition micronutrients um, because that's what you need if your detox mechanisms are going to work properly if your ability to fight infection is going to work properly your ability to handle stress in your daily life is going to work properly uh, your enzymes your hormones your transport mechanisms your neurotransmitters if if all the physiological and biochemical processes in your body are going to work properly they've got to have the the raw materials with which to work to build themselves and to create chemical reactions and that comes from your micronutrients in, in your food and if you're eating a diet that doesn't have enough nutrients in it those things aren't going to work and one of the things about um, gluten and and those um, grain-based foods there's a whole bunch of things that that are inflammatory about it but one principal factor about them is they simply make you not eat as much good food because if you're full of naan bread at the Indian restaurant you can't finish the curry and the vegetables and if you eat a sandwich that's in a big bread roll you're going to have less in the filling than you would want if you weren't eating the bread so you're just eating less good food because you're eating something that's essentially a filler that's all it is so there's less room in you for the for the good stuff so anyway that is the change I made it was very dramatic overnight I switched um, I also stopped taking my antidepressants because by then I was so convinced that this was going to make all the difference and I wasn't going to need them anymore I didn't know for some reason that you can get withdrawal effects because I think at that time they were saying you didn't but they've since decided you do uh, withdrawal effects from stopping your antidepressants and maybe I wouldn't have stopped them so suddenly if I'd known that and it may be not a good idea to do that but I was lucky it worked it worked for me and this is what happened within one week I mean I did feel a little bit woozy that first week I felt um, dizzy lightheaded just odd um, and I wasn't hungry particularly I did sort of have cravings for those foods I'd given up but not wasn't huge within a week the woozy and the dizzy and the cravings had all gone and I was not depressed which was quite remarkable because normally a week and I'd be probably back there two weeks still not depressed three weeks still not depressed and not only that more energy not having to sleep every day 
the other thing I used to do is fall asleep at the wheel, start to get drowsy. When I was only driving 15 minutes to work, I would still have time in that 15 minutes to get drowsy and worry about, you know, and I'd have to pull over sometimes. So it was absolutely a huge dramatic change. So obviously I kept going and I just felt better and better and better. I didn't pay any attention to my weight. However, at three months, I weighed myself and I was astounded to see, well, I wasn't that astounded because all my clothes were loose, that I had gone from 71 kilos to, no, 72 kilos to 61 kilos. So 11 kilos had just disappeared. 61 is what I weighed when I was 18 and what I continued to weigh until I was in my mid-30s. And then it had gradually, little by little, crept up. So that was another source of, I had to go and get new clothes. It was fantastic. Um, so, well, I don't want this to be too long, so I'm going to stop there. That is my story of how I began to be interested in diet and how that changed my life dramatically. That was followed by all sorts of other discoveries of other things that change and all sorts of adjustments and nuances to the original premise. But that was the beginning and it was massive. Anyway, I'll leave you with that and I'll stop right here. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Talk to you soon.